Welcome to the Business Mentor Podcast. This podcast is where we share and discuss the experiences, ideas, and happenings in the world of business, featuring some very special guests and experts to give you advice and direction in your journey. Introducing your host, award-winning entrepreneur and Prince's Trust business mentor, Jay Dillon. Right, so Simon M, thank you for joining us on the podcast. We've had a bit of fun off air about your surname, so um, yeah. M's good to me. Um, look, I want to thank you for coming on the podcast. You know, I reached out um, to you because obviously I've seen your work and seen what you do and you've done a lot of good space with the accountancy firm. So I wanted to get you on sure. and talk about, you know, what's happening, some questions I've got from my followers. Um, it's, it's a difficult time at the moment. You know, I don't know how you, how are you feeling at the moment? Cause obviously you must service lots of, lots of clients. Yes. Uh, well, I think we can all feel it at some level, um, whether you're in business, you're an employee, you're self-employed, you're a property investor. Uh, you know, we can all feel it, you know, irrespective of, of people's uh, circumstances, it's hit us in a different way. Yeah, definitely. You know, I, I've been I've been having back to back calls with obviously I mentor businesses, I work with businesses, and yeah, I, I mean the uncertainty is there because I don't, I don't know. No one could have predicted this. You know, to stop an economy, I've never even thought about that ever happening. So, you know, what, what kind of questions are you being asked? You know, we've got some questions here for my community, but what kind of what are the most frequent questions you're getting asked now? Because uh, a lot of people relate to that anyway. A number of our clients are property investors, landlords across the UK, but they do have businesses and jobs as well. So their main question right now is the around the uncertainty of uh, this whole pandemic and what it really means to them. So they they either work for a company and their company have mooted that they're going to be made redundant. Um, and now with the government saying, well, we'll pay 80% of the wages, but there is no clarity around that. Um, employers have not really been forthcoming with saying, well, we'll keep you on then yeah. um, with guarantee. It's pretty much kind of waiting for the final uh, jigsaw piece to be put in place by the government to say how this all works. So people are frightened, um, I would say, and people are coming to they were, where is my money coming from um, as an employee? Um, and they're coming to us to say, well, what do you know? Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, I, I've been doing these um, YouTube live sessions for optimized accountants now um, pretty much every evening, uh, talking about the updates from HMRC and the government. And it's it's a moving feast. It, it kind of says one thing one day, and then the next day, it's, it, there's more information to be added on. So unless you're really keeping focus on those pages, you could easily get lost. And I think, to be honest, a lot of people are generally are lost. They are panicking about their livelihood, their health. And then on top of that, they've got to try and manage the communication that's coming from government to say, well, how do you get paid as an employee? So I think that's the big question I'm having, in all honesty. Yeah. And at the moment, as we speak, obviously, this will probably go out tomorrow. We're on Thursday now. Things can change so quickly. And, uh, and I think you're right. I was speaking to James. We just interviewed. He laid off 400 staff. And he's getting asked so many questions from his employees. Look, because one thing the government's done is, yeah, great. They've, they've, they said they're going to have dropped a really, really powerful headline. But they've left us with no real detail on how you claim right. it. And people need that now. You know, they can't wait yeah. a month for it to set up because by them, some business will be out of business. 
I think I th- let's let's look at the timelines as well because yeah. coronavirus is obviously in around about February March time in the UK. Um, and what the government have said is that we will backdate any payments from the first of March for anyone that is deemed to be furlough. Okay, got uh, it. furlough is someone that is moved on um, off the books, as it were, because they was going to be made redundant um, because of the circumstances we all face ourselves in. Um, the government have said, well, don't do that. Keep them on your books. But from the first of March, we will pay you those wages for you. Well, that's good and well. The problem is with that is the detail, as you quite rightly said. What and how do we do this? Because if you go to the government website, it says we will be setting this thing up, but there is no links. There is nowhere to put your details of your employees yet. So they have to build this system. And my nervousness around any HMRC implementation of systems, there are delays. And when it goes alive, it will crash. So there'll be a lot of people, once it does go live, they'll say, well, I've got this employee. Please tell me how I get these employees paid. Now, that's I, my forecast for this system to be up and running and employers to be paid will be May and June. It will not be April. And as a result of that, people have got to pay as an employer. You, if you're off fellow as an employee, your employer has got to now pay 80% of your wages to you as an individual. Uh, for the period of March, April, and potentially early May as well. So that's three months. Now, employers might be looking at this and thinking, well, the whole purpose of the government giving us this money is to stop us from going bankrupt. But if we are now having to pay this employee to keep them on our books, then we are going to be bankrupt anyway. So what was the point? So I think the government do need to act faster than what they are doing at this stage. I think it's a great, noble uh, suggestion, yeah. but action needs to speak louder than words. And what about, so, you know, looking at that example, obviously I'm having this conversation myself and it's hard to give advice because we don't know, but there is loans out there and I suppose you could pull on the loads. What do you know about the loans at the moment? Because they're, they're offering millions, obviously, well, interest-free. Is that quicker yeah. to pull down or are you having the same problem with uh, people looking? Because that should help with short-term cash flow, in theory. It is, and it, to be honest, it's the same thing. So the British Business Bank are offering this loan as it is, uh, it's about 5 million. Most people will go for the 1.5 million offering. Yeah. Um, it is, the roads are holiday payments, uh, holiday payments of capital and interest okay. for a period of 12 months if you, if you want to go that long. Now, I have spoken with my own bank manager and he discussed with me the interest rates of the British uh, bank and said, well, hold on, before you jump into this, do think about the interest rates that you will see on the back end. Yeah. So even though it's, it's kind of a holiday period, it doesn't mean that you are not going to be charged interest. It's just that you're not paying the interest now. Yeah. So it's a bit like in credit cards. You know those yeah. balance transfers you can get for six months and then after the seventh month, it's like, wow, 144% APR. Um, now, I'm not saying that's what's going to happen, but my bank manager said, look, let's look at your situation. Let's look at your banking with us and we will do something with you instead. So the West Bank are coming saying, well, if you go through the British uh, Business Bank, that will take um, around maybe two, three months. Wow. So again, you're still in that lull yeah. of May, June without any money. Now, my bank is coming to me and say, well, we can do something for you, and it will probably be April 
or early May. So it's going to be two weeks, if not three weeks, faster than the British Business Bank can provide. And it will be cheaper in terms of interest rates. Yeah. So my my thing about the these loans that have been offered, I think they're fine. But do speak to your, your business. So if you are a business owner, trade business, then do speak to your uh, loan provider. If that's a, a bank, then speak to them. If you've got buy-to-let mortgages, then speak to your broker and your banks to find out what they can do for you, because it may be cheaper and quicker than what the British Business Bank is offering. Yeah, and I've advised this to, to a lot of the calls I've had is, look, start talking to people now, because we're all in the same situation. So people are going to be you know, open to having that conversation. Like I said, you know, people, I mean, many, many listeners and many people viewing this will think go straight to the government, but don't forget to get a loan for 1.5 million, they're not just going to hand it over to you. There's due diligence. If you start with your own bank, at least you've got a track record there, which will enable you to build that relationship. Yeah. So, I mean, I'll give you the, the name. So the company I'm working with is NatWest. Yeah. Um, interestingly enough, I've spoken with HSBC as well. And it's amazing how um, how the two banks are, are, are approaching this. So HSBC right now are increasing the interest rates of their loans and the overdraft, they're shrinking. Now, at a time when people need a bank, you kind of think that they would be reaching out their arms yeah. to you to provide that support. HSBC are absolutely doing the opposite. They are, re- they are profiting from this situation. And I think that's a real bad shame. NatWest, on the other hand, have come forth with different options that they know will be able to provide some support to us as a business and as a landlord. So I'm speaking from a business owner, of yeah. course, or from a accountancy side, but I do have properties and I do have the vital mortgages. Um, but NatWest on both sides have been very, very supportive. Yeah, that's interesting. So, you know, you've got to have different conversations. And uh, it's a shame because the governments are telling us they're giving the banks more money to then pass on mm-hmm. to small businesses that need it right now. Um, so, so overall, the advice will be, look, you know, don't rely, well, rely on the government for the, for the offerings, which is great. But in the short term, rather than waiting, if you need the cash straight away, you need to start talking to your banks. Start talking to people that can help you now, and then you can repay that when, when the loans come through. Absolutely. That's probably the best advice. So, I mean, what are the the sort of questions are you getting at the moment? Because you must be bombarded now because I know you've got a big client base. So what what are the stuff that you can share on the podcast? Um, I think it's about tax payments. So the one thing that the government have done, and it's more of the controllables that they have, um, is the payment of things like VAT, um, income tax, and corporation tax. So let's just talk about VAT. Yeah. If someone was about to make a payment of VAT between the dates of the 26th of March 2020 and the 30th of March 2020, then they don't have to make that payment. Now, please don't think that that means they're giving you that money. That isn't what I'm saying. But it does mean that you may have a cash injection back into your business where you was initially thinking of paying that VAT money over to HMRC, now you do not have to do so. Right. So again, that, those dates, 26th of March to the 30th of June, you do not have to make a VAT payment to HMRC. So keep that money back. The one thing I would say is most businesses have set up a direct debit, which means that even in the back of your mind, you're thinking, well, HMRC aren't going to take that money. Well, Direct debits and systems are automatic. 
So even though HMRC and the government have said don't pay it, their systems are still going to be set up to take that money from your bank account. And it takes six, seven weeks for them to put it back. So make sure that you cancel all direct debits for your, for your VAT payments. That's great advice. And um, so I want to have some of the questions I've been asked from my community. A lot of people sent them direct to me because I think some people don't want to put their own stuff on uh, a feed or a quote, just comment. So, I mean, the key thing is sure. self-employed. Now, that's a big thing. And, and as we speak on Thursday, I think there's an announcement coming out very soon. I'm not sure if it's already come out. You may be... Tonight. Tonight, tonight. Yeah. I mean, a lot of self-employed people at the moment, lots. I mean, the gig economy... I mean, how is that going to work? Because at one hand, they've offered, I think it's three years average SA32s. But then I had a a question in one of my communities was saying, well, I only started my job last week. You know, I've just moved now. Any ideas how that may work? By the way, this may change. It changed so quickly that this may be a solution. But what what, what, what are your thoughts around that? What do you think may happen uh, around that? Because it's difficult. I think that's a good question. Um, I don't think that it's an easy answer because if we look at it, if you have had, uh, hired an, an accountant or a tax advisor, the one job that they have is to make your profits as low as possible yeah. so that your tax is equally as low as possible. So if you have done things like capital allowances claims and so on and so forth, then your tax bill will be lower. Yeah. But now all of a sudden, the HMRC and the government are going to rely on those numbers to say, well, what money you're pulling in. And I don't think that's fair because ultimately it's it's going to be difficult. I think they have they've put the cap for employees to be paid 2,500 yeah. or 80% of their wages. So whether they put a cap on self-employed as well, then that may be an approach to take. Now, it may not be 2,500. It may only be 1,000 pounds. But it's got to be better than 90 pounds a week that they're suggested so far. So one of the the Donald Trump, um, love him or hate him, don't really care about that. But one thing he has done is said, well, we will pay self-employed and the employed 100% of their wages and earnings. Now, even then, it doesn't really suggest how they're going to pay the self-employed because, you know, their tax returns are similar to ours. Yeah. So I think it has to be a fair and equitable number that can be given to most people. And even if it was up to the personal allowance, that would be going someplace to, to help people out. Yeah. And, and following that question, self-employed, one of the messages was, well, if I'm getting this payment from the government, and I'm still working on my business, I'm, but I'm not going out actively out on, on site or whatever, because there's, there's, there's now saying that people will be prosecuted if you're not working, <clears throat> you know, you, you're kind of working on it, because you can work on yourself and probably can work on your marketing or whatever, but how is that going to play? Because it's difficult, because how is that going to play? Because some people say, well, we might not take it just in case of that. Yeah, I, I, and again, that's difficult, because I think, if you think about some businesses that are online, a lot of their business won't change. Yeah. Um, so you really are looking at people that are on the high street, so shops and retail. Um, you may be looking at service businesses because they cannot uh, survive. But then saying that, you and I are on Zoom. Yeah. And if you, if our business always has worked with clients on this kind of platform yeah. anyway, yeah, so that right. has not changed. So it's always going to be quite difficult to say, well, how can 
um, you say to the government, well, I'm unable to work. There's going to be a boundary where that whatever scheme they put in place will be exploited by some and some people will lose. I think that's always going to be the case in terms of whatever they put out. Yeah, and I, do, and, and I suppose you just got to be honest the best way you can. You know, if you're a landlord and you've got, I don't know, maybe 85, 90% occupancy uh, and your rent's coming in, are you really going to be able to claim that just because you can't go outside? You can still run your business from home. Because um, at one edge, you're, the, the people you put in the houses are getting paid from the government anyway through the 80 percent so you've got to be careful so also um so the key another question again this is there's a lot of questions on self-employed employed the main difference mm. that i can see maybe you can elaborate on this is look you know if you're employed um like uh, some of our stuff you'll get paid the 80 percent if you're not working we need to make that clear it's if you're not working if you're still working doing marketing then you are technically working and um, for the self-employed at the moment we don't know but that's going to be a program they set up so again if you're not working then you'll be able to claim on it. Is that am I, am I right? The, the main difference is that the only thing that you've seen at the moment. I think that's the same thing. Um, but again, the question will be: Well, how do you prove either way if you're self-employed? If you're employed, it's easy because your employer says, "I'm not really going to be paying them." Yeah. Now, an employee is not going to be sitting around saying, "Well, I'll come into work then." If not going to pay me, that's as simple as that. Yeah. If you're self-employed, you don't really have that conversation with yourself. In the morning. <laughs> no, you well, don't. You might do. You yeah. might say, "Look at the yeah. Today's not a good day for me. I'm not going to yeah, go yeah, to work. Yeah. Um, but in reality, that you can't have those conversations. So I think whatever they bring in, they are going. the government's going to be on stony ground and some people are going to like it and some people are going to loathe it. Um, but to be honest, if I was a leader of this country, I would be confused in terms of what to do because it's so difficult to understand, well, how do, do we pay every self-employed person? Yeah. What rates do we pay them? How do we know they, they are legitimately requiring this money? Who knows? Um, so I think it's a tough one, and I sympathise with the government on that side of things, but I understand the frustration from the self-employed too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, with this 80% payment to the employees, um, is that going to be a grant, or do you think there's going to be Obviously, I know they'll get it some way through the system, but it is a grant initially, isn't it? Because ultimately, you know, you're not going to pay yeah, that back three months later. No, there's nothing. None. I mean, if they did that as a loan, that would cripple the business anyway. And, and yeah. my view is, I think we would see redundancies go through. So I, I well suspect it will be a, a grant. Um, and there are some wordings that it's been, there is a grant funding from HMRC, and that's the wording of it. So I don't expect any repayment at all, um, but I do expect that they, uh, there needs to be a clawback. And one of the suggestions was is that the HMRC would pay the employer yeah. uh, for 80% of the wages, and then the employer was, would have already paid the employee. So I think it's going to go through that kind of feed, if I'm honest. Yeah, and the NI in tax still applies as, as normal, just running through your payroll. It does. it does. Cool, cool. Okay, uh, that's great. And then with regards to advice, now we talked about advice, people getting lots of advice. I've had lots of conversations and interviews recently about, look, don't every man and his dog's got an opinion on it, which is great. But again, that creates more confusion. So I'm yes. pointing them towards the government websites. Is there any accountancy website that you recommend? Is there anything where, you know, or is it just, just go direct to the Gov website? Because I guess okay, that's the gospel, isn't it, at the moment? Yes, it is. And I, I, to be honest, I'm very concerned about um, accountancy websites 
putting their interpretation on it. Uh, it's not live. Yeah. It could be out of date within the day. So even though we have got a lot of detail on our own website, um, we can't, we do update that every single day. Um, but a lot of organizations won't be able to do that. Um, and my links are back, always back to the government's website. So yeah. it's always saying, this is the baseline. This is what you need to understand and take in. But if you need further information of how you get that money, always go to the government website. And I think that's the best approach. I yeah. think if you look at even the top four uh, accountancy firms, they will put a lot of meat and potatoes around the substance. And you kind of think, well, not all of that is relevant. Yeah. Um, now, the difficulty is the government can use a thousand words instead of using 10 yeah. sometimes. Yeah. Um, so that you do have to just trawl through it. But what is being used for from the government websites, I have to say, it does say on the daily feed. So if you're not already subscribed to the daily updates from the government, make sure you do, because it does give you the updates in, information on that. And then on the website, when you do go back to that, um, it does put a date stamp on it as well. Great. So it's once you read the first blurb, and it's quite a lot to take in, that's true. But then second, second day, third day, it's just updates. So you should be able to keep on top of things. Great, great. That's great, great advice. And self-employed, again, one question, I'm reading this question because they've asked. One question was um, one of the person, they're, they're, they're a landlord. I know you're big in property uh, with, your, with yep. your business. Now, they've gone to their, uh, their accountant and they've said, basically, um, look, this, this grant's coming out. Obviously, they're struggling at the moment. Um, but their accountant has said to them that they're not technically self-employed. They're an investor. So right. how, for me, you know, they've done SA32, so the technical self but any sort of, um, any sort of uh, I mean, you're getting them questions all the time, but what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I think that's a fair comment. Um, and I think we need to differentiate what a self-employed person is. So self-employed yeah. from the eyes of the government is someone who is, is actively doing something. And no, please note the word active. Yeah. So they are going out, they're providing a service or selling a product. Those are the only two things. Um, so they are doing those. So that, that is where the grant will come in, which will be announced by the government on, on Thursday, hopefully. Um, and what they will be doing is saying you know, those type of people will get the grant funding. However, it, property investments is passive. So you get that money irrespective of what you really do. Right, yeah. So the government the government will not be providing any financial assistance to those people whatsoever. Now, the thing I would say about landlords, and as you quite pointed out, we do focus a lot on landlords yeah. and uh, property investors throughout the UK and beyond. Um, the, the big thing for me is that as a landlord, you have two things going on. You have the rental income coming to you but then you have costs going back out again to mortgage providers, utility companies, insurance, etc. And my, my argument is, well, speak to your tenants as much as possible and find out on the ASTs when they do an AST with you, yeah. you would have done due diligence to say, okay, what is their name, the date of birth, and what is their job? Yeah. So you know full well, are they affected by coronavirus and have they been laid off by their employer? So... For instance, one of my tenants has been laid off as a result of coronavirus, and um, Laura Ashley, funny enough, was the company to go into administration. Now, 
He was obviously pulled out and then said, you can't uh, receive any income from us now because we're in administration. Now, from that side of things, I've lost money. So, you know, you can argue the case. You've got an AST. You need to pay that money. Yeah. My view is we need to show a decency and empathy. So my approach to this is I could beat that dog with a stick. I don't mean to call him. Yeah, dog. yeah, yeah. The analogy kind of works. Um, you don't want to be doing that because I think, you know, that person is in a real bad situation right now. Yes, my property may be vacant, um, but I can let it out at some point in the future. Right now, I appreciate that's pretty difficult to uh, get tenant viewings inside of your property when we're meant to be on lockdown. So I just have to take on the chin that we may have now three months worth of uh, rent that we cannot pull in. But what I would be saying to any landlord is to speak to their um, insurance company to say, in these circumstances, can we pull on the insurance for the gap of what money is actually paid in terms of rent and what we have now lost? So the National Landlord Association, they have a rent guarantee insurance. Uh, there are Hiscox insurance that we use. They also have um insurances in place so speak to your insurance companies to find out if you can get money yeah. on the flip side the cost going out speak to your buy to let mortgage lenders yeah. and see if they can give you a holiday payment term um or they could do something with your interest or even like my bank has done is repaid into our bank account or will be repaid into our bank account the capital we've paid in the last 12 months so that is a real good kind mm. of cash injection into our business. So as a landlord, yes, I think we are on a difficult path. But if you if you bury your head like a not stretch, then things will be pretty bad for you when you pull your head back out again. But by speaking to your tenants, finding out where they are, speak to your insurance company to get those that income protected, and then speak to your mortgage provider as well about lowering your mortgage repayments. I think you'd be in a good position, yeah. even with coronavirus around. Yeah, and I think, like I said, I, I've said this three times in my video it's about burying your, your head in the sand, basically. You've now got to get on that phone, make the phone calls, because the quicker you start talking to you know this, the quicker you can say it. Because if you leave it three months, you've potentially lost three months of potential holiday period, your tenants moving out. Start talking to them now. And with the tenants thing, obviously I'm a landlord myself, you know, you, you're quite... You, you can ask them to provide evidence of they've been laid off. You know, it's quite easy to ask for information. So don't bury your head in the sand again. Just talk to people. I think the key thing is in any business, you know, the last interview I did, he laid off 400 staff. It's going to be tough for a bit. You know, it's going to be tough. You know, just accept it. It ain't going to be as good as for. So, you know, lots of questions. But, you know, I know you're limited for time with regards to obviously answering all these. Um, if, you know, have you seen times like this before? You know, obviously I was in the 08-09 recession, which kind of gave me yeah, a bit more experience. Say, yeah. And, um, you know, I had a mentor, and that's why I do a lot of mentoring. But, you know, I know this will blow over. It will blow over. Mm -hmm. But I can remember my first experience, I didn't think it'd ever end. So, you know, what's your thoughts on this experience at the moment, you know, compared to other, other recessions we've had? Um, I think the recession in 2007-8-9, if I remember it, when it first started, um was it was a global financial crisis because the banks went under yeah uh, the banks are not going under they have got cash reserves like never before so yes we're in a position whereby the we we will be facing an inevitable uh, recession, recession because yeah. the recession is based on quarterly re quarterly results and if you're not going up and you're going down slightly that straight away is deemed to be a recession so 
inevitably, we are going to see a recession come out of this. But I think you can live your life glass half full or glass, um, um, sorry, glass half empty, glass half full or completely full. Yeah. Uh, and, and I live it completely full. So the straight away, the, the kind of Anthony Robbins uh, phrase came in my head. It was, how can you make this event better despite the situation you're in? So the first thing I did was I looked at indices and the FTSE dropped below 5,000. Yeah. So I put a shed load of money in there. Yeah. Um, and now it's up to five, 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 six. Ten percent up in two days, yeah. Ten percent within two days. Yeah. yeah. So I think we we are seeing some positives in terms of our cash flow. Um, we have been proactive, so that's another one, proactive, to speak with everyone that you can to say, okay, we're all in this boat, we're all in this situation. How can we we do better now? Um, and it's just having those conversations. But I do think it's about having a contingency plan. You do need that. But then you have to also, at the same time, look at the opportunities that you might have as well. Yeah. Like being disease, like putting money into gold and various other things like that. Yeah, because the, the other markets are doing well. I think one of the key lessons for me, if I go back to 08, 09, even 07, starting off with my, with my mentor. And obviously, when you, you know, a lot of business entrepreneurs have just, they never felt this before. So it's been such a, a 10 year growth. But I can remember the key thing was keep doing what you're doing. That's why we're doing this podcast. That's why we're talking, we're making sure that people know where we are. So when this inevitably will go up, and like you said, the banks haven't folded, the money is still there. In fact, there'll be more money as we come out. So you just be prepared for it, haven't you? That's the key thing. And we've got to remember that money can be printed. Now, the danger to all of this is that the governments and the Bank of England can simply print money yeah. and keep paying people all day long. This is not a same financial crisis as it was in the seven, eight, nine year. Um, I think the, the danger is, is coming out of it. Will, will inflation take over? Yeah. We have to be careful as a country in a global situation whereby We've now got all this money, which we didn't have before because it's now in circulation. Yeah. And prices start rocketing. So I think we have to protect yeah. ourselves from that regard. But the people who I feel sorry for the most is probably the millennials. They've never seen anything like that. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, we, they talk about recessions in the 80s and the 90s and 2089. They've never seen anything like this. And I think they've had a period of time in the last 10 years where everything is glossy and everything is bright yes exactly so they now have this situation for the very first time and i think it's going to affect them emotionally as much as kind of financially because they're thinking well the fundamental foundations that i had below my feet have now been ripped away and i've never seen it and it's been bought yeah and i you know i did a podcast in 2018 and uh, 19 about having a backup fund you know just keep something aside keep and, and, and a lot of the, the younger listeners just didn't get that because they thought times were good and investing cars. And I always said that. And now when they listen back, they'll probably understand why. Because when, when this comes, you just need that little fund just to tie you over. Uh, and then yes. you come out stronger. And I learned that from the last recession. We've all have done. But it's a learning thing. You know, that's why I think as us, as, as more experienced business people, you know, we should come out. And that's what we're trying to do this, aren't we? Just to say, look, it'll be all right. You know, just ride the wave. And you'll learn from this and you come stronger, but just don't give up, you know, just to just be. be. The, th the thing we all got to remember is that money and I've seen self-employed people go to work and um, building sites, especially. And the thing I, I always think about this situation is that you're trying to earn money to keep alive. 
Yeah. But if you don't have your health, you won't keep alive. Yeah. So it's it. We do need to be very very careful the way we act and how uh, what those consequences will be of our actions as well. Yeah, and you're right on that because you know the op- even though the opportunity is there, if you don't need to do it and you're just doing it for the money, then be very careful because money is replaceable, but your health is ultimately your wealth. And if you can't come out of this, you know, um, it's not only it's not only about us; it's about other people. So, you know, yes. beware for passing this, this virus on because it's the unknown at the moment. And I've said that. Simon, I want to thank you for your time. And, um, you know, I'm going to ask you for your links as well. But if you, would you like to share any final thoughts to, you know, because obviously at the moment, I know we've got the virus um, pandemic and all this stuff, but it also is a financial, you know, um, virus, if you want to call it, probably not the right word, but you know what I mean? Because people are looking looking to just survive. So is there any sort of final words you want to leave it with before we get to your links and where people can follow you? Yes, of course. I think one of the things I always say to people is, um, as a minimum, start to look at things, the simple things, such as your direct debit and standing orders. Um, I kid you not, I saved over maybe £100, £200 by just cancelling um direct debits and standing orders that I didn't even remember I had in place. Yeah. Uh, as an example, I was paying for a yoga app on my iPhone right. for the past three years. I was yeah. thinking, I've never used that, <laughs> but I'm paying £9 a month for it. And so do look at everything you're doing. Now is the time to build yourself um, a cash flow forecast, whether you're in business or indeed you're looking for investments, build yourself a cash flow forecast and look at every single line item that's been going out of your bank account and ask yourself this question, do I really need to pay that money out going forwards? If not, cancel it. Yeah. If so, then put it down on the spreadsheet and make sure that you monitor it going forwards. Because I'm an accountant, yes. Do I make the same mistake? Absolutely. Yeah, so yeah. please, if I'm doing those mistakes, I know other people are as well. So those are the very simple tricks uh, in mind. Um, the second bit is communication. You are all in the same boat. Don't be proud. Don't bury your head. Be proactive. Get on the phones. Yeah, and, and I just want the last point you made is so important because you know, for me, speaking to my mentor honestly in in two thousand eight nine, I got the support that I, I if I just buried my head in the sand and said it's going to be all right, people ain't going to you know help you. So just just go and ask for the help. That's what I mean. If the government's offering you something. Yeah. Don't be too proud to say, oh, I don't want that. Use it. You'll be, you know, it'll get you to the short term and you'll come out stronger at the other end. Absolutely. Excellent, Sam. So, look, before we close this um, vidcast and podcast, um, where can people find you? Because I know you've got your own YouTube channel and you've got your your, your link. So where's the best place for people to follow you? Because you've got some real good advice and I want to encourage people to follow people in this area during this time. No, I appreciate that. Thank you ever so much. That's so cool. obviously the name is Optimized Accountants. Um, so if you can Google that, you will find us. Um, but if you've got YouTube, and again, just a, a type in Optimized Accountants. We have got the page on there. Um, we release a video at least twice a week. So that's always going to be informative. And if you go to our website, we will be updating the coronavirus financial updates um, page on there as well. So feel free to head off there for some more information. And uh, yeah, make sure you uh, take uh, Sam's advice and get onto the government website and sign up for the updates. 
because that's a, a key thing as well. Excellent. Thank you for joining me. And uh, I hope every guys subscribe. Make sure you follow Simon, follow his work, and uh, we'll catch you soon. Thank you for watching, everybody. Thank you, Simon. Thank you, bro.